Financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm speaking to you from New York City on this, the second day of October 2018. If it sounds like I'm talking to you from the bottom of a hole or the bottom of a well, that's because my regular computer uh, is in the shop for repair and I'm having to use a makeshift computer, so I'm told that I sound like I'm talking to you from the bottom of a well. Hopefully you can understand me. Uh, We'll do the best we can, and we'll be back to normal next week, hopefully. Well, before I talk about today's show, i like to remind you each and every week that I am the host, uh, that I am the author, I should say, of Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks, and you can subscribe to my letter by going to miningstocks.com, miningstocks.com, and also like to encourage you to consider... Subscribing to Chen Lin's letter, go to chenpicks.com, chenpicks.com. Chen has done exceptionally well. And by the way, last week we had Chen on the show. He recommended uh, a pharmaceutical stock at 80 cents. It traded as high as $1.80 yesterday. Uh, it's uh, settled back, a lot of profit taking down at around $1.35 as we were getting ready to go to press. But this is uh, the kind of thing that Chen does. He looks at uh, stocks now. A lot of times you can sit with Chen's stocks for a while and they go nowhere. Uh, but he, uh, there are usually some drivers in place or he wouldn't be owning them. Uh, that was just one of his most recent successes. And uh, he's still, I believe, very strongly bullish on this uh, Ascati Pharma. Anyway, um, if you'd like to ke- I'd like you to keep uh, sending along your questions, comments, criticisms, and praises. If you'd like to hear Chen on the show more often, let us know. Uh, we know that you like to hear Michael Oliver on this show a lot. He's with us again. He'll be talking to us in just a couple of minutes. Um, and it's OliverMSA.com, OliverMSA.com. And Michael has uh, provided a lower price service for people who are interested specifically in gold and silver and gold and silver miners. And he'll be telling us more about that in a couple of minutes from now. I do want to thank our sponsors for making the show economically viable. For today's show, our sponsors are Genesis Metals Corp., Gold Mining Inc., Great Bear Resources, Novo Resources, Sandstorm Gold Corp., or Sandstorm Gold Limited, I should say, Triumph Gold, and Uranium Energy Corp. Today, uh, the show is titled In Gold We Trust. Uh, Peter uh, Ronald Peter Stouffer uh, visits us for the first time. Amir Nanny and, as I said, Michael Oliver will be with us as well. Uh, Few investment professionals know the details of the gold market better than fund manager Ronald Stouffer. Why has gold been in such a tepid market for such a period of time here, even as interest rates remain historically low in real terms, and as malinvestment by massive printing press money has led the world onto the verge of another economic and market catastrophe? 
And now that we are nearing an end of uh, one of the longest bull markets in stocks in history, and even as the gold price remains in the doldrums, might now be an exceptional time to trade some of those overpriced shares for underpriced gold and gold shares? Well, those and uh, many other questions we're going to pose to Ron uh, Stoferl in the second half of today's show. Amir Adnani, the executive chairman and founder of Gold Money Inc., I sh- I should, I'm sorry, Gold Mining Inc., uh, will talk of his uh, company's strategy of picking up very valuable mineral properties in weak markets and uh, what he plans to do with those projects. He buys them, and he actually, uh, sort of uh, an anomaly, Amir likes to see weak markets so he can pick up valuable assets uh, for fire sale prices, and he's done that very effectively uh, over the last number of years. The share price hasn't reflected anything of value. I think now may be a good time to hear his story, so we'll be talking to him uh, right after our first commercial break. But right now we have Michael Oliver with us uh, to uh, tell us uh, about, uh, well, I'm going to find out what he thinks about today's gold market, which has been strong. Thanks for joining me again, Michael. Hi, Jay. Good to be back. Good to have you, as always. Um, yeah, it, before we talk about today's gold price, which of course has uh, made some of us gold bulls a bit more pleasant to live with, uh, you're, you have this new service that's uh, very reasonably priced. I think it's, is it $199 for a year, if yeah. I've got that right? $299. <laughs> oh, $299. I'm sorry. I'm trying to give yeah. away the store, huh? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> well, $299 compared to your other service, which is made for high net worth people and fund managers and the like is a, is a very affordable price and uh, tell us about it what are you what are you doing and i understand well, it's, you it's narrowly yes. focused on on my true love and i got into the business as a futures broker in the gold markets back in 1975 when it first became legal in fact i, I worked as an apprentice under david johnston who was chairman of the comex back when gold was legalized and all he was a chairman also during the bunker hunt crisis the silver market remember that so it was an interesting time and uh, under our general market report that's been around since 1992, we cover all four asset categories, debt, equities, forex, and commodities. Uh, and so we don't emphasize gold. It's, it's just there all the time, along with mm-hmm. the dollar or grains and so forth and so on in the stock market. Now, in this gold report, it's, uh, it's narrowed down to gold, silver, and the miners. So we're, we're very narrowly focused. So we include other precious metals, like we did a recent report on platinum. But basically, we're very narrow focused. Not all commodities, just the precious metals area. Uh, it's strictly technical. There are many, many fundamental gold reports out there, uh, many of which offer good, good thoughts, advice, and so forth. But we focus only on trend timing, mm-hmm. uh, long-term, intermediate, and so forth. So, you know, there's trends within trends. So... We're focused on these these movements. Uh, we put out a recent report that will also be an ongoing part of the product, and that is an analysis of the stocks, the gold mining, silver mining stocks within the GDX, within the junior miners, and so forth. So th- there's lots of symbols there, and uh, there, there are very few of them that have gone up in the last year or so. Some uh, very few uh, have gone up, uh, contrary to the trend of the GDX, for example, uh, and most of them have gone down with the GDX. We think we're at a point now where there's a major secondary low being made in the GDX and in gold, and that we're headed back up, and we think it's a good time to have issued this this new product. We did it two weeks ago. Uh, mm-hmm. But we just came out with a report last night on, uh, we went through the GDX, which uh, contains scores of 
of uh, larger miners. And we picked and sifted based on various technical factors, long-term momentum trend turned signals, intermediate trend turned signals, again, based on momentum structure of those mm. particular symbols. And uh, we also looked at the relative performance, meaning the spread charts in relation of, the, of that symbol in relation to the GDX. Because there's, you know, just like in any sector, there are stocks that perform better than the sector, there are stocks that underperform the sector. Uh, and after all that information, we came up with six symbols that we think in this turn, which is we think in process, not yet fully triggered, uh, we, we came out with six names of stocks within the GDX that we think are probably the better ones to pick on right now in terms of capturing the turn. Mm -hmm. uh, quite often when a market turns or an index turns, <clears throat> that first surge off the low is pretty good because mm -hmm. it ambushes a lot of folks who've been bearish for a long time. And right. also quite often there's not much technical resistance for a while once you turn mm -hmm. because you've gone down so far. And so we want to pick the ones that look like they have the best percentage squeeze effect once that yeah. turn occurs. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some of them will turn slowly, some of them will come out of there like little, uh, you know, bottle rockets. Mm -hmm. And some of them are big names, some of them aren't so big. I mean, we, we actually, I was a little surprised we ended up with Barrett Gold, you know. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the big, big name now, especially yes. merging with, uh, with uh, Rand Gold. Uh, yes. But it actually ended up being one of our picks. And mm -hmm. uh, a couple silver ones, uh, Hecla. I like Hecla. Yeah. I know it's been sure. somewhat overlooked. Mm -hmm. uh, new crests. Yeah. Uh, no, I won't name them all, but uh, if yes, each of yes. them is given, you get a full page on, on each of the stocks with a quarterly momentum and then with a monthly momentum, and then we specify numbers and say, okay, it's turning here if it hits mm -hmm. this number. Uh, and yeah, then, excellent. So it's very specific. But, yeah, uh, that's, that's really great. Anyway, and, that's uh, what we want to do. We want to provide something that's totally technical, very narrowly focused, and, and can be afforded by most investors. And can be uh, can be um, actionable, actually. So uh, yes, 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 uh, not not just yeah. uh, broad concepts. Yeah, right. Excellent. Well, I, I really look forward to to using uh, this report for my own trading. And uh, although probably a lot of the, the GDX stocks are ones that I'm not as involved with because of what I do, but nonetheless, it's uh, those guys usually so we'll, go first, and the juniors follow. So we'll have so. the, the juniors are coming up later in the week, uh, and that's yeah. a bigger list. <laughs> so oh, okay. So you do provide part. some. You do provide some ideas on, on the junior sector, the junior gold miners too. Oh, yeah, huh? we will go through those symbols as well, and, and uh, using the same methods, and try to Wonderful. call out the ones that are, look like the, the ripest for the quickest. You know. All right. That, that's fantastic. Well, well, Michael, what do you make of today's move in gold? I saw it was up as much as seventeen well, bucks on the cash market. Quite well. GDX doing quite well, and the dollar up. You know, the dollar's been up pretty good the last few days. Uh, gold and silver. Uh, so and GDX been up pretty good. So you know, take that correlation and put it in your back pocket. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I yeah, like I mean, it's, a, it's not always. I think those correlations are they're interesting. Sometimes they're valid. Sometimes they're they're uh, they they work. Sometimes they don't work. Uh, focus on 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 what's going. On. What what's really going on that I'm excited by is the Bloomberg Commodity Index is, is really ripping on the upside, and it mm -hmm. is not just oil. It's natural gas as well. It's the metals, it's uh, the grains, uh, it's other food commodities. It's a very broad commodity upsurge. You've taken the, GD, uh, the Bloomberg from a price of 82 up to about 87 in about a week, week and a half. Uh, that's a pretty big move, and nobody's noticing it. Um, but it, it is broadly caused. It is not simply a function of, of crude oil. 
Uh, yeah. that, that's well, a little you, different than the last few years for, for that uh, commodity yeah. basket. Because yeah. it usually was narrow. Now it's pretty broad. Now it's, uh, well, now maybe finally that uh, it's the time for the commodities. And uh, yes, yes. it's interesting that they're going up. The commodities, precious metals going up on a day when the dollar is also stronger, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a... You know, but but again, this is where your work is so valuable. Um, is that you're providing ongoing assistance in understanding the structure and the momentum of these different markets? And uh, I'm telling you, I'm telling my listeners, uh, the best technical analysis that I've ever used for my purposes, and it may not be the best for everybody, but for me and my purposes, uh, I want to thank you so much, Michael. Any any one one last thought, perhaps today? Uh, let me think. Uh, stock market, yeah. Um, that S&P opened the month at the Bombay door on our monthly momentum oscillators. Uh, this is something it has not done since the recovery began in March, April. It, it turned up, and every t- time we could define a number that would break it back down, the intermediate trend, the monthly momentum trend, uh, it would avoid it. This month we opened, we closed last month at 12, uh, 29.13.98. You could not close a day this month, in my opinion, at 29.15 or lower. So what did they do the first hour of the, of the new month? They gapped up 10, 12 points to get back above that number. Mm. So I would keep watching. If that S&P closes the day out at 29.15 or lower, it may not look like much on a price chart, but we think it's, uh, it's a major fracture. It could open up the, uh, the downside, uh, maybe perhaps even something like uh, February. Hmm. Okay. 29.15. Or 29.16, I guess. 29.15, close a day out there any day this month, and I would, I, would, uh, I would judge that that index to be negative intermediate trend. And the problem is that the long-term trend structures that it could break are only 5 or so percent below that level. Wow. So if the intermediate okay. gets rolling, it's like knocking one domino over. Is it close enough to hit the next one? It could be. Right. Well, it is what it is. Not cheering for that by any means, yep. but nonetheless, um, you know, thank you for bringing the realities of the market to our attention, Michael, and we're so glad that you could be with us, and we'll hope to do it again next week. Thank you, Jay. All right, folks. Well, we do have to go to break now, but don't go away because I'm going to be back with Amir Nanny of Gold Mining, Inc. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Noble Resources Corp. trades on the OTCQX under the symbol NSRPF and on the TSX Venture Exchange under NVO. Its flagship assets are located in the Karatha region of Western Australia, where they are currently drilling and trenching their Purdy's reward project. In addition, Nobo has partnered with Sumitomo Mining Corporation to advance its Beaton's Creek Gold Project toward production. With over $70 million in cash and strong shareholder support from the likes of Kirkland Lake Gold, Nobo is well on its way to establishing itself as one of the top junior explorers and developers in Australia. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. 
Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times and Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really glad to have with me once again Amir Adnani. Amir is an entrepreneur and mining executive. He is the founder of Uranium Energy Corp. and has been the president, CEO, and director of that company since its inception in 2005. He is also the founder of, uh, founder and chairman of Gold Mining, Inc., and that's who we're going to talk to Amir about. Uh, we're going to talk to Amir today about that company. Uh, Amir is frequently invited to speak at very... Uh, prominent gatherings, and uh, he's somebody that I've known for a number of years, uh, certainly one of the more respected, uh, well, I think still a younger entrepreneur on the uh, in the junior mining sector. So thanks for joining me again, Amir. Hi, Jay. Great to be with you, and thanks for the introduction. Well, it's really good to have you, and I should tell our listeners, uh, your your company trades in Toronto under the symbol G-O-L-D, strangely enough, G-O-L-D. Uh, that's Gold Mining, Inc., and in the U.S., you can buy it, as I have, under the symbol GLDLF, 135 million shares, trading up a little bit today uh, at around 60 cents in U.S. money. So it's got a market cap of a little over 80 couple of million dollars. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a company that's unlike most of our sponsors and most of the companies that I cover in my newsletter because uh, I guess you might call it an option play because Amir likes to go out and buy valuable assets, lots of ounces of gold in the ground, at fire sale prices during down market, uh, during down market times, and he's certainly done that. He's amassed a, a, a very sizable portfolio over several different countries, uh, nine and a half million ounces in the measured and indicated category, eleven point seven million ounces in the inferred categories, and if you count in the other minerals like silver and copper and other things, got a twenty six million gold equivalent ounces in the ground in the various properties in countries like with Canada, U.S. Colombia, Peru, Peru, and Brazil. Uh, so it's really quite impressive, Amir. And, and now I have to start by asking you, today we've had a bit of an update in the gold price. Not as good, I, I presume, for buying cheap ass, uh, buying assets cheaply. Uh, are you happy or sad with today's move? It was some 17 bucks up higher in gold today. Uh, how does that make you feel, Amir? Are you, are you um, happy or sad about the rising gold price? I'm certainly happy, Jay, and I think... Um we're going to have to see probably a, a, a serious breakout. And what I mean serious is I'm talking about a breakout above 1350 or $1,400 gold for the junior companies, those single-asset companies that have great potential but in this current environment have become orphans uh, to attract capital. And I think you know what yeah. I mean by that. I mean $1,200 gold or being back over $1,200, it's, it's nice to see. But it doesn't mean all of a sudden that uh, junior companies um, uh, will get uh, capital market support and endorsement all of a sudden. 
Uh, and I think the, the, the more sort of institutionalized the market has become with ETFs and the GDX and the GDXJ, all the capital flows initially really go to the companies that are in the ETFs. Most of the assets that we've acquired over the last uh, six or seven years now were companies that were not in ETFs um, or uh, almost in a way become orphaned because capital markets uh, have passed, you know, moved on and focused on more liquid names and everything is all about uh, liquidity these days. Uh, the more volume you have, the more institutional investors will want to buy and own you. So this is in a way, you could argue, the structural changes in capital markets and our uh, sort of junior market have in a way... Uh, created the opportunity for a company like ours, not only the extended bear market in gold, but also the structural changes we've seen in capital markets that have shifted capital away from smaller companies, even if you've got exciting, promising projects. I think the last seven years have been very difficult to attract capital and, and grow. So for us as a consolidator, this is, in my opinion, been almost a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity where you have a perfect storm developing where it's a really great time to be a buyer of resources or ounces in the ground. Yes. Of course, you have to have money to do that, and you have had success in the past, which has allowed you to raise capital, Amir, and to have the capital in hand to go out and buy these projects very inexpensively. You know, I count. I went to your website, and I saw some 10 properties in your portfolio with 43101 resources on them. Are there any uh, that may catch the attention that, that might be um, – projects that investors should be aware of that are most prominent or most likely to start catching uh, the, the market's attention? Uh, I mean, certainly, I think that depending on um, sort of what's happening in the market with uh, different jurisdictions, you uh-huh. start to see different interest in uh, different projects. So what do I mean by that? Uh, you know, over the last, uh, and, and, and this is interesting because you've been, uh, following our company one way or other since inception, really, when, yep. as you recall, we were initially called Brazil Resources, yes. and uh, that name implied we were uh, solely focused in the country of Brazil, and as we uh, kind of outgrew uh, Brazil in terms of assets that we acquired in Para State, uh, we've uh, expanded our portfolio to five different countries now. We're in Colombia, Peru, Brazil, the United States, and also in Canada. Mm-hmm. And so we're in five different countries, and um, and again, like I said, you've been following this since inception, and I think at times you've been in the stock, at times you've been out of the stock. I was pleased to hear that as of today you're back in the stock, so that's great. Um, but, Jay, like, look at the U.S., for, ex- for example, um, as a jurisdiction. I mean, during the eight years of the Obama administration, there was uh, literally war with the mining industry. The EPA was very hostile towards the mining industry, so the U.S. was in a good jurisdiction to be. That's when we acquired our Whistler project in Alaska. It's a gold-copper porphyry play, 170 square kilometers. Uh, we acquired it in, for stock for a few million dollars. I mean, it's mm-hmm. quite amazing. This was summer of 2015, Right. Uh, right. It was just a very difficult time. Politically, it was the wrong time to be in mining in the U.S. You, uh, the, the gold price was uh, in far worse shape than it is even right now. In retrospect, it was the bottom of the, the, this recent bear market cycle. And we bought this great project with uh, resources, 70,000 meters of historic drilling. And uh, today, we have a much better climate for mining in the U.S. 
under the new administration, there's renewed interest. There's uh, with the tax reforms and reduced red tape, we're seeing a lot of renewed interest in Alaska and Arizona and Nevada. In fact, there's increased political risk in other parts of the world. We've seen a lot of problems for major mining companies in Africa, and so the U.S. and Canada are great jurisdictions to be in. Uh, we have a project in Canada called the Yellowknife Project, Jay, where over 200,000 meters of diamond drilling was done. There, uh, if you just look at how much it would cost to replace that work, go out there and hire people and get rigs and go to drill off that project today, it would cost over $60 million to replicate that work. And we bought yeah. that project in 2017 for $8 million in stock. So to answer your question, I mean, I think we've got really uh, exciting resource-based projects or projects in Brazil where, you know, again, historically drilled projects that are very uh, close to infrastructure, power line, et cetera. And each project uh, really has its own merit, its own selling point. But when you can buy these assets for cents on the dollar, and when you think about how many years, how many tens of millions of dollars it would take to replace the work that has been done, the drilling, the development. We did a calculation recently, me and Garnet Dawson, Garnet's the CEO of our company, to see how much work has gone into the portfolio of assets we've acquired, uh, Jay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's something close to $270 million wow. of work. And we're, we're not talking about historic work from the 1980s. We're talking about since the year 2000 and like three or something, we used some cutoff. We were kind of thinking about, you know, over the last 12 years, how much work has been done, so wow. to speak. Yeah. So mm-hmm. to, to think about how much work that is, and you think about whether you think about our market cap today relative to what the historic, what the value of the historic work is, whether you think about our market cap relative to the gold resources in the ground, uh, I think it's an incredible story when you think about just and, and, and Jay, that's the reason I'm focused on acquisitions because when you can buy assets for a fraction of what it costs to go out there and do the work, I think now is the time to be a buyer, and that's, that's what we've been doing, not just for a couple of years. This is, as you know, our seventh year as a company, and, uh, and you can't do it without the right market support, the right uh, institutional investors, the right backers. Because like you said at the get-go, I mean, it takes financial stamina to be able to execute this kind of strategy. Right. Well, Amir, without, uh, with very little time left here, I've got to ask you, I think uh, I saw your calculation is something like uh, the market is paying something like $4 per ounce in the ground right now for your portfolio. But in fact, in 2016, when gold was a bit higher, not an awful lot higher, they were paying something like $40 per ounce, the market was. So... Is this, uh, and, and that was before you picked up a lot of the properties that you have now. What, what are your thoughts on the, could we, what, what would we have to see in the gold price to get back to $40 an ounce in the ground for your company, as opposed well, to four I was, now? I was listening to your, I was listening to your previous uh, speaker talking about the turn and what happens when we have that turn in the market. And, you know, we had a bit of a turn, as you very well know, and as your listeners would know, in 2016. Now, it didn't last long, and no. uh, but it was a nice glimpse into what a gold bull market could look like, right? We had a beautiful run there from spring of 2016 until uh, uh, Trump's election, right? And, uh, and so during that period, we saw uh, our company, which at the time was called Brazil Resources, uh, we saw during that time um, a, a real outperformance shit. And that was, in my opinion, because of leverage. I think at a time when the market turns, leverage matters, and leverage is about size. And the greater mm-hmm. the size... And the greater the gold per share 
ratio that you have, the more gold resources and the ground you have per share, uh, the more leverage you have. And I think when you think about a company that is debt-free, then that leverage becomes even more powerful because a lot of times mining companies or resource companies are, are, are sort of hampered by the fact that they take on too much debt to develop assets. So I think in 2016, we saw that gold mining could be a real outperformer. In fact, we were up that year close to 400%. We outperformed the GDXJ. We had a great year in 2016. As you point out, today we have uh, substantially increased our total gold resources and our portfolio uh, with the Toronto Stock Exchange listing, we also have a more senior profile in the capital markets in Canada. Hopefully in the U.S. we'll graduate and we'll also get a senior listing there as well as the share price appreciates. Uh, but look, ultimately, Jay, today we can also boast uh, having some uh, mining companies, intermediate gold producers as shareholders, which we didn't right. have back in 2016, right. names like I Am Gold. So yes. uh, I think uh, it's really about size, it's about leverage, and it's uh, you know this, you cover the sector. Where else do you get exposure to as many ounces in the ground in a diversified portfolio like our company has put together? All right, uh, Amir, we're just about out of time. One last question I want to ask you, though, before we uh, depart today is um, what are your plans for this portfolio? And, I, and I'm guessing that it would differ with each part, with each property, perhaps. But might you look to do some work yourself? Or are you looking to perhaps bring in a major or some other companies to spend their money to develop these projects further, put them into production, uh, option out, sell the whole company? What are, what are your thoughts with a minute left? Uh, during the period when we see the low gold price, uh, sub $1,400 an ounce, uh, we are out there and we're Vikings, we're making acquisitions and we're growing our uh, total uh, land package and resources in the ground. Gold north of $1,400 will become farmers and will start cultivating and developing the projects that we have, de-risk them. Uh, we could be selling individual projects, uh, focusing on projects we want to advance to production, or we could be potentially an M&A target, J4, the fact that we have such a large gold resource portfolio at a time when industry's resources and reserves are at, at a decade low, peak yeah, gold and all the other issues that are being discussed, there's a shortage. I think this is really the right time uh, for us to have acquired all these projects. Yeah, well, it certainly seems like it, and that's why I decided when I started looking at your story, I needed to buy some shares this morning. So, Amir, thank you so much for being with us, and we'll look to keep up with you uh, going forward, that's for sure. Well, folks, uh, we do have to go to a break now, a commercial break. Ronald Stouffer will be with us, uh, but uh, few people have a better understanding of the fundamentals underlying the gold market than Ronald, I would say. So I think you're going to want to hear what he has to say. And uh, actually, you might actually um, you might want to listen to some of our commercials, believe it or not. I think it might make some sense to do so because these are companies that I've invited to come in as sponsors. They're not just companies that say, hey, I've got some money, let me in the door. These are companies that I write about, I follow, I own in most cases. Uh, and so uh, listen to the commercials and then, of course, do your own research and try to figure out whether it makes sense for you to uh, consider buying these shares. All right, well, we have to go to break, but don't go away because I'll be back with Ronald Storforum. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Triumph Gold holds a 100% interest in the district scale free gold mountain gold copper project in Yukon. 
with a government-maintained road accessing their 200-square-kilometer property. The 2018 drill program has resulted in exciting discoveries to date, hitting the richest intersection ever in a porphyry system in Yukon. The company is well-funded and has a large institutional holding, including Gold Corp and Zijin Mining. Triumph trades on the TSX Venture under the symbol TIG and the OTC markets TIGCF. The website is triumphgoldcorp.com. Gold Mining Inc., ticker symbol G-O-L-D on the TSX and G-L-D-L-F on the OTC is the biggest bet for gold investors and legendary investors like Doug Casey, Rick Rule, and Marin Katusa, who put millions of dollars into backing the company, along with institutional investors. The insiders own over 20%. Gold mining has strong cash and no debt. It's one of the top 1% of gold companies that has over 20 million ounces of gold resources. Visit goldmining.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times to Good Times. Uh, I am your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me for the first time Ronald Stouffer. Um Ronald is, uh, well, I guess he likes to be called Ronnie, except he says sometimes when his, he makes his wife unhappy, she calls him Ronald. So we'll refer to him as Ronnie. Uh, <laughs> he is a managing partner and fund manager at Incrementum AG, based uh, in the Principality of Liechtenstein. Uh, the company focuses on asset management and wealth management and is 100% owned by its partners. And Ronnie manages a fund that invests based on the principles of Austrian school economics. Hooray for Ronnie. That's what I have. <laughs> Hi, Jay. Huh? Thanks for the invitation. Thank you very yeah, much. I'm glad you could join me. Um, I, I know that you've been interviewed at the Mises Institute. Of course, I see your work in, in Gold We Trust. Uh, it's a must-read for anybody that uh, believes that gold is money and that it has a place in society, whether politicians want it to be there or not. And it's going to, inevitably, the laws of nature prevail, So I believe. So I think we're going to see gold do extremely well. But it's not what I think. It's You're the guest. Uh, I, I do have to ask, start out by asking you, Ronnie, uh, today's gold price um, gladdened the hearts of many of us gold bugs. Is this um, just simply another head fake, or do you think we might be seeing something more sustained starting to take place? Well, um, I, I honestly couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that gold was up more than one percent. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we haven't that uh, we haven't had that in in a while, and 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 it kind of feels good. Um, well, well, I would say. Um, you know, Jay, we're currently preparing our big chart book on gold, like 70 pages about the current situation, also the macro situation, um, sentiment, technicals, and so on. And and it seems that uh, from a contrarian point of view, um, this is really a, 
A great setup. Um, we're seeing um, that that gold has uh, uh, basically for for the first time in 20 years declined for six consecutive months. We haven't seen that in 20 years, and uh, we 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 crunched the numbers and we 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 came to the conclusion that after such a long losing streak, uh, gold always rebounds significantly. So on average, uh, we had a rebound by 15 percent. So that's like the the shorter term technical setup. Uh, sure. On the other hand, we're seeing from the commitment of traders report, we're seeing from my point of view the best setup in seven. 17 years, um, while large speculators have completely abandoned their net long exposure. They are currently net short for the first time since gold prices crossed $270 more than 70 years ago. Uh, and on the other hand, the commercials, which are the so-called smart money, um, they for the first time in 17 years flipped their COMEX positioning to net long. So from my point of view, all is set. There could be an epic short squeeze in the cards. Um, and also, of course, from a fr fundamental point of view, um, I, I think that, that gold is just uh, the best insurance policy that you can buy for this, um, let's say, very, very dangerous market environment. Yeah, I, I have to ask you because of your uh, your very famous In Gold We Trust publication. You've got a new one coming out shortly. I have the 2017 version uh, in front of me now. What? Uh, when will this new one be coming out, Ronnie? And how can people uh, receive this report? Well, the, 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 the last edition is already out, the 2018 edition. Oh. Uh, I can send you a copy and we can also provide a, a download link for your readers. It's okay. totally for free. It is, um, we're seeing inflation everywhere, but also in our In Gold We Trust report. So actually, this is the longest study that we ever published. Um, it's 230 pages full of information about macro gold um, history, de-dollarization, we're featuring our, our long-term purchasing power comparisons like the um, gold to beer chart at the Munich Oktoberfest, which is people, <laughs> people just love that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's available in the a, in a extended and uh, in a short version. And just to give you a, a, a short overview, we said sort of the, the, the title or the leitmotiv of the report was gold and the turning of the monetary tides. So we're wow. seeing um, the tide turning when it comes um, to monetary policy. We are switching from a global quantitative easing to a quantitative tightening environment. Then we're seeing the second tide, which is the de-dollarization. More and more uh, countries, uh, Jim Ricketts calls them the axis of gold. They are diversifying out of the US dollar. They are building up gold reserves. And the third um, uh, tide is the technological tide that is turning with blockchain technology, where we're seeing a number of great combinations of, let's say, new technology, um, blockchain and the oldest monetary technology, which is physical gold. So um, those are the three topics. And uh, yeah, as I've said, um, we're already working on the new chart book, which is a more um, 
um, yeah, it's more more chart driven with with some comments. It's not such a heavy read, but um, as all our publications are for free, just just Google them and you will definitely find them. Well, you do have some impressive uh, sponsors for your publication. Uh, I must say, uh, to- the Tocqueville Fund. I know the folks at the to- at the yeah. Tocqueville Fund, uh, Victoria Gold Corp, and Endeavor Silver. Uh, the Austrian Mint, ABX, the uh, Allocated Bullion Exchange, etc. Uh, really, some very, very strong, uh, very strong sponsors. So, uh, I really look forward to receiving that, Ronnie. And yes, I, I will uh, certainly make available to our. If you can send the links to that, make it available to our Absolutely. listeners and, and to Absolutely. my subscribers as well. You know, uh, not to get theological because that's not the place for this. But in our currency, it says, "In God We Trust." So. I'm asking, do you think that we should uh, now sort of just sort of figure that we'll just trust uh, in the asset that God created uh, rather than in the creator? <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, this this is a topic that we want to write uh, next year about in the next oh. gold we trust report uh, about gold in the Bible, but also in the in the in the uh, Quran, in the Torah, yes. and so on. And 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 I think it is definitely no coincidence yes. that gold is something special in every religion. That mm-hmm. gold is 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 um, um, treated differently. Um, on every continent, in every culture, that it's uh, everywhere, it's something special, and and I think it's just a uh, some sort of a trial and error process that took uh, a couple of thousand years actually, mm-hmm. and um, at some point people realized, okay, gold has got um, uh, the most important um, 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 factors that that makes it good money, and and I think when it comes to our uh, report, I think. Um, when when we uh, published the first edition in 2006, we said, you know, ultimately everything is a trust game. Yes. And of course, when it comes to money, trust is especially important. Over here in Europe, we had several hyperinflations. Of course, we had uh, Weimar Republic hyperinflation in, in, in Germany, which was basically the foundation for, for Adolf Hitler to, to become, um, um, because everybody was just, uh, just suffering from this hyperinflation. People mm-hmm. lost everything. And then uh, uh, this strong uh, uh, leader came and and everybody said, "Okay, uh, it sounds reasonable what he says." So, 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 inflation and hyperinflation, I would say, is kind of in our monetary DNA in Austria, mm-hmm. in Germany, and so on. While I think, and that's interesting, um, in in the US, I think um, uh, it's still the, the the fear of deflation and the Great Depression. That's what 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 drives people much more than the fear of inflation yes um, and and that kind of describes the different attitudes uh, of our central banks I would say mm-hmm. well certainly um, you know I believe that God created gold for our use as money whether or not one believes in God you, you sort of touched on the idea that it is it has the attributes that have allowed or caused markets to make it money and I would argue that uh, on the religious side on the on the various religions, they probably see it as honest money. So the, yeah. whole, the whole notion of being able to steal or to rob one person from the next, I mean, my goodness, what is inflation? What is fiat money other than yeah. a reallocation of wealth yeah. by those who create the process? 
and they punish and hurt the people that actually create the wealth in many cases. The farmers, the manufacturers, the miners, the inventors, those people don't necessarily, I mean, I'm in the mining industry, and I see the mining engineers and the geologists are not necessarily wealthy people most of the time. Sometimes there are exceptions, but the bankers, the guys that create the money, the guys that are able to lend the money or raise capital for the, those are the guys that drive around, have the yachts in the harbor in Vancouver, it seems to me. And uh, so I'm just thinking that maybe that would be very interesting. I would look forward to your insights next year on that sort of spiritual element of, uh, you know, yeah. probably the, the, the monotheistic religions, at least, and how yeah. that, why gold fits into their, into their picture. But anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about, you uh, identify yourself as an Austrian economist. How, how did you come about to be, uh, to subscribe to that school of thought? Because, of course, it's not in vogue. We're all being, uh, prop- the propaganda that we get in the universities, I think it's true in Europe as well as in the U.S., is all Keynesian still, isn't it? Or do yeah. you, or yeah. are you seeing some evidence of, of free market economics being taught in Europe? Not really, unfortunately. Uh, there, there are some universities um, that teach Austrian economics, but over here in Austria, where where, where I was born and raised in in Vienna, which is um, basically uh, which used to be the center of Austrian economics, with mm-hmm. you know uh, Ludwig von Mises, Karl Menger, uh, Eugen Böhm Bawerk, and Hayek, of course. Um, it is not taught at all, and and I can see I'm 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 doing presentations quite frequently, and every time I go to Eastern Europe, to Czech Republic, to Poland, so and so on, I can see that um, people, and especially young people there, are much much more open to mm-hmm. those libertarian ideas. Yeah, right. they 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 have read their Mises, they have read uh, their Hayek, um, they follow the the the, the current. Um, uh, advocates of the Austrian school because they know how socialism feels and they they, they want to do everything to avoid uh, having socialism again. While I would say in the uh, in Western Europe, um, you know, we're having welfare states that are f- of course based on on huge piles of debt. But so far everything is going fine. So so there is no need to really um, um, discuss. Or, or teach other schools of economic thought. For me, the whole process was, I was sitting in a bank and in 2008, um, uh, uh, you know, everybody, everything was crashing down and I read a brilliant um, uh, quote by Ludwig von Mises. And I've never heard about Ludwig von Mises before, unfortunately, because yeah, they, 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 we're not we we we're not teaching Austrian economics, unfortunately. Um, and then I, I I I read up everything about Ludwig von Mises and started reading about the Austrian school. Ordered like a dozen of uh, different books on Austrian economics, and yeah, I I basically swallowed the the red pill, and from then on, I I. I Understood many, many, many things completely, completely differently than I would say the mainstream and especially the economic mainstream. But I think Austrian economics is not only about the economy. Uh, It's very much about history. It's about society. It's about politics, about um, just human beings being in the center uh, of the thought process. And then at some point, of course, I, I thought, okay, I feel like the vegetarian in the big butchery. So <laughs> I, 
I had to quit my job and set up my own company oh. and we set it up in Liechtenstein because it's it's probably one of the uh, the best jurisdictions in in Europe with um, the Liechtenstein family that is very much familiar with the Austrian school of economics. They also wrote a foreword for our book. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of my my my, my history. And I think that um, at the moment um, there's there's uh, interest in Austrian economics is becoming, uh, yeah, a bit 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 less. But I'm absolutely certain that that with the next crisis, and it might be around the corner, I think there will be a, a huge um, uh, additional demand and interest in 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 the thoughts of Austrian economics again, and. We try to do our best to educate people about our monetary system, the consequences of our monetary system, um, uh, the Cantillo effect, for example, mm-hmm. and and we try to implement those Austrian ideas in our investment process. Well, indeed you do. And it's, it's easy to understand how um, people aren't open to Austrian economics. You go to the university... I think the Federal Reserve has 300 economists, and I doubt that there's a single. There may not even be any of those guys <laughs> that have ever read von Mises, yeah, uh, or or girls, as as the case may be. So, and you're certainly not going to um, get a good grade if, in your final exam, you start espousing uh, von Mises uh, rather than Keynes, I suspect. So, the uh, you know certainly the uh, the reward from the system is there for people who continue to follow the herd, right, and uh, follow the lemmings, as it were. But I want to ask you, uh, looking at a copy of your 2017 In Gold We Trust, that the the first sentence in the introduction starts out by saying, we live in an age of advanced monetary surrealism. Can you talk to us a little bit about, I'm I'm sure it's not less surreal now than it was last (laughs) talk a little bit about the surreal nature of our monetary system right now, and, and also then what the repercussions of this system uh, are both, uh, you know, in terms of the economy, what we might be looking towards in the near term and, and longer term. Yeah, of course. Well, um, of course, we, we we are highly critical of of interventionism, uh, especially a monetary interventionism, and um, we we have seen that. Uh, I mean, first of all. I think that there's there's the, the most important price in our economy uh, uh, is uh, the interest rate, and and I think it's it's completely nonsensical, if especially if you study history and 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 the histories uh, of of booms and busts, um, it, it is completely obvious that central banks are mostly uh, um, um, reliable for those boom and bust um, cycles that are getting worse and worse from from every um, bust to bust. Now, um, we have seen as as the reaction to the 2008 crisis, um, central banks all over the globe um, um, significantly lowered interest rates. Uh, We had, I think, 700 um, 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 steps to lower rates. Some of them are are already in negative territory. Um, One thing where every um, human being that has got some sense of economic understanding would say, okay, negative interest rates that just cannot work. Um, We have seen quantitative 
easing all over the globe. Um, so central banks created 20 trillion US dollars out of thin air. And of course, this had consequences for market prices. Um, of course, um, you know, if, 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 if you look at stock charts and the correlation to central bank uh, balance sheets, uh, it is a very high correlation. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing this asset price inflation, not only in the stock market, but especially in the bond market. We're seeing it in real estate all over the globe. We're seeing it in the art market, ridiculously um, 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 priced uh, assets all over the world. And this is a consequence of the environment that central banks created with their extreme policy. Now, 2018, and this is one of the major points that we're making in our new In Gold We Trust report, 2018, this liquidity party that we had for 10 years is ending. The Federal Reserve started the QT program, um, so they will reduce their balance sheet by 420 billion this year, 600 billion the next year, and 600 billion the year after. This is quite a lot of money, and it's not only the Federal Reserve, it's also the Bank of Japan, um, the bank, uh, the National Bank in Switzerland, of course, the ECB, that are very slowly and with a big time lag, becoming more hawkish, they reduce their quantitative easing, they, they kind of start communicating about rate hikes and so on. So this, this liquidity party is definitely ending and this will have massive consequences for asset prices. Um, now the big question for me is, what will central bankers do if the next recession is coming up? And I'm already seeing a recession on the horizon because normally central bankers lower interest rates by 500 basis points in the course of a recession. If they're going to do it that way, uh, that way again this, this, this time for the next recession, we are in deeply negative interest rate territory and this will obviously destroy the whole uh, banking system. So, um, a recession is, is, a, is a very, very important topic that we are, we, are, we are writing quite a lot about in the moment. We think that this, um, 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 yeah, this, 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 this cycle is massively influenced by interest rate policy. And the Federal Reserve already did six rate hikes. And of course, with some sort of a time lag, this has consequences and we're seeing them already in the housing market that seems to have peaked. We're seeing them uh, in the credit market and so on. So from my point of view, uh, recession will happen probably in 2019. Okay, Ron Ronnie, we're going to have to leave a go at that because we're just about out of time. I guess if you, 30 seconds, if you could tell us what do you think in terms of uh, the, the impact on gold, if you can be very quick with it and we'll get you back again to discuss more detail. Yeah, of course. Well, well, well. Normally, uh, recessions are a great environment for gold because gold anticipates lower rates. Gold anticipates that there is um, uh, volatility in markets. Um, money is flowing out of the equity markets um, and and seeking for a safe haven. And from my point of view, this time the safe haven won't be bonds. It will mostly 
be physical gold and and that's you know you know from a contrarian point of view it's a great setup and and i'm pretty relaxed about the gold price okay. and and yeah we'll have to leave it go at that ronnie because we're out of time unfortunately but i do want to have you back so we can talk in more detail about some of these issues absolutely uh, all right well that is all the time we have this week john rubino is my scheduled guest next week and uh, john anderson the chairman of one of the most exciting new gold exploration companies in canada my view anyway triumph gold uh, and with a little luck, we'll have Michael Oliver back as well. Thank you so much, all of you, for listening. And until next week, goodbye and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 